together in 2021 and it's going to be a huge year for us 2020 was big but this is going to be even better that's why we're going to tell you our new year's resolutions our plans for the next 365 days who wants to start championships yeah all right yeah okay all right that's good that's good Good. Anybody else? Well, I'll take it from here. Jacob, that was a great answer, by the way. Um, if I had to say anything off the top of my head, I would say just uh, continuing to strengthen these bonds I have between all these men here in this ring. Yeah, and also fat people. They got to go. They got to go. I think we can all agree on that, right? Yeah, definitely. Seriously. Jake, you're, you're with me on that? Yep. Okay. Um, uh, I, I would say uh, perfecting my grandmother's sofrito recipe and uh, learning how to throw down some arroz con gandules. Mm -hmm. I definitely know what that is. Uh, Very good. That's good. Gotcha. You're booing food? Yes, 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 yes. Muy bien, muy bien. Uh, it's perfect sufrito. Amazing. Um, let me go on a limb here and give you my New Year's resolution for 2021. I think this is the year that Chris Jericho and MJF are going to win the AEW Tag Team Championships of the world! Right? Whoa, 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 whoa. Hold up, hold up, hold up. <clears throat> Con todo el respeto en el mundo, Chris. You handpicked us to be in the inner circle, right? You handpicked us to be the tag team in the inner circle, right? So what do you, what do you, whoa, 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 what are you trying Santana, to Santana, Santana, Ortiz, all respect. I know what's going on here. I see it. You're a little tag team slut. Whoa! Whoa! Chris, what am I talking about? You're, you're teaming with him. You teamed with him. We were less sex gods. What's going on, huh? I saw you dabbing it up with Snoop Dogg last week. What, 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 what? Are you going to team with him next? 
maybe. <laughs> okay, okay. Well, that's very funny. Very funny. Snoop Dogg, yeah. So here's the thing. Got the trains off the tracks right now. Gonna get them back on, okay, pal? All Chris is trying to do is his job, man. So much hostility. Shut up, Max. Whoa. This is the thing. This is the deal. Let, let him speak. He's cool. Okay, 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 guys, listen, listen, cool. listen, 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 hold on. We're all top-level professionals here, right? We're huge stars, tremendous athletes, sexy hooligans. We're sexy! Any one of us could team with the other and win the AEW Tag Team Championships, okay? But much like Big Jake and Big Wardlow did last week, they got rid of some steam, they got rid of some animosity, I think we should do the same, okay? All right, listen, for bragging rights, okay, check this out, all right? Next week, live on Dynamite, first time ever, a three-way match to decide who is gonna be the official tag team of the inner circle. And I think, uh, I think it's gonna be MJF and, and Jericho. I'm inclined to agree. <laughs> Y'all real funny. I think it's going to be uh, Santana and Ortiz. And, and, and again, I'm going to have to disagree with everybody because it's going to be Sammy and Hager. Championships! Yeah! That's right, baby. Sammy and Hager. That's who it's going to be. Sammy Hager? Sammy and Hager. <laughs> That's funny. Why is that funny? Never mind. Okay, once again, we're kind of getting, you know, we're running out of time here real quick, so let's just... Let's just all relax here. At the end of the day, no matter what happens after this teeny tiny little exhibition match, we're still all family. We are still the inner circle. Nothing can break us up. We are the inner circle, and we are better than you, and you know it. Hands in, baby. Yo, why is, why is your hand darker than your face? Poppy, you're ruining it. Just look in the camera and give the middle finger. Well, the inner circle back on the same page, at least temporarily. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the PWC Presents, the Wednesday Night Skirmish with me, Chris Ams. That's A-M-B-S, just like bullshit in the morning or lambs with no L. I'm joined by, uh, first of all, my co-host, my regular co-host, Jimmy T. Jimmy, how's Australia, buddy? Nice and cool for once, man. Yesterday I was sweating my nuts off as per usual, but now it's nice and cool, man. I'm all good. How, how are you, Chris? Good. Uh, my hockey team lost tonight in the opener, so I'm a little bummed. And uh, they lost to the Maple Leafs, so I'm even more bummed. But, uh, you know, c'est la vie. Um, <laughs> I'm, uh, I'm, not, I'm not in such a bad mood because, uh, well, tonight we have a special guest. Uh, with us again uh, for the second time. No idea why he agreed to come back, but he did. <laughs> uh, Chabelo Veracruz, the professor. How you doing? I'm back. <laughs> it is I, the magnanimous one. It is I, the stud muffin. It is I, the glorious one. The only objective man in this IWC, YWC, the only objective man with AEW discussions, the only objective man with WWE discussions, me, the professor. <laughs> Glad to be back in the PWC zone here. And, and we're happy to have you back, my man. I mean, this, this already is going to be is going to be a, a heck of a show with you, Professor. 
No doubt about it. You know what? This is what's great about the PwC. This is what's great about the skirmish. I mean, you allowed the professor to be the special skirmish correspondent here. You know, I'll come in, you know, I'll come in here maybe once a month or something, you know, to give to give the, the objective opinions here. Because you know what? I listen to the skirmish. There's only a couple of places where I listen to great AEW discussion. One is the skirmish, one is Jim Cornette, and of course, I have to be biased. <laughs> the all elite perspectives that I do. But anyway, go ahead, Jimmy. <laughs> no, we're just happy to have you, man. And and like I've always said, the door is always open for you, man. All you got to do is just say, I'm coming on like you did, and you're in, man. So we're glad to have you, bro. Glad to be back. Let's get the show going. I mean, we know this wasn't a live show, guys. You know, Chris, Jimmy, we know this wasn't a live show because this was New Year's uh, smash dash or whatever <laughs> track. Part one and two. So, you know, I want to say this before we even start, you know, going segment by segment. It, it is really funny because the last time I was here, remember I said when it wasn't live that they, they didn't take advantage of having an impact, you know, superstars wrestling. Right. Lo and behold, a live New Year's smash dash trash. They bring the <laughs> impact tag team champions gallows and anderson the good brothers so you know the professor you know i have to pat myself on the back you know i said we would save it for a live dynamite which they did and now you know i reap the rewards of what they are doing here now for this show you know there's some good there's some bad there's some things that are indifferent so jimmy chris you go ahead let's get this show on the road and let's talk about these segments here because the professor's got a lot to say <laughs> go for it chris <laughs> All right. So before we before we get started on the show, we just wanted to give a quick little shout out. Uh, everybody listening to the PWC, check out Pro Wrestling Loot Crate. Um, when you subscribe to them, not only are you getting awesome pro wrestling merch, you're also supporting the PWC. Uh, you will receive pro wrestling merchandise ranging from DVDs, T-shirts, posters, action figures, signed photos, and much more. All this from companies such as WWE, AEW, TNA, ROH. Well, TNA doesn't exist anymore, so we'll say Impact. <laughs> ROH and, and independent companies through the U.S. receive up to eight items per box. At least six pro wrestling items per box. Nothing like this before. Rare, unique wrestling items. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not I'm not big on like wrestling stuff, but uh, I know I know my co-host is big into wrestling stuff. Jimmy, you, these kind of things get you excited? It sure does, Chris. Because hey, if you want anything like eight by tens, shirts, action figures, whatever it is, please check out ProWrestlingLootCrate.com for all your pro wrestling needs. All right, now that that's out of the way, let's get into this show, this New Year's Bash Dash Crash Trash, as the professor has already called it. Um, we open up with a review from the last couple of weeks, uh, both talking about Impact and Dynamite. Um, it's basically just, a you know, if you don't know what's happened, please listen to the PWC. Um, we've got you covered for what's happened the last couple of weeks. Um the show itself really starts off with a with a match. Um, shockingly enough, a wrestling show starting off with a wrestling match. I'm going to go ahead and say that's a win. Um, it's Pac and Kingston. Um, Pac starts off, he's super fired up. He's dropping Kingston all over the place. Um, there's a stupid ref spot as the heels distract, and then they, they you know, they get on Pac. Um, 
at one point here, I kind of wondered why does Butcher look exactly like the guy who painted my living room? But uh, we'll move on. Um, I'm going to say before we get into the finish, <laughs> I'm going to say before we get into the finish, I, I personally hate the I hit you, then you hit me, but I'll stand here and let you hit me again spot. It drives me nuts. It takes me out of the match every time. I don't like it. I really don't like it when the crowd's going boo, yay, boo, yay, boo, yay. Uh, but I didn't like it here either. Uh, Pac wins with the black arrows. There's a bunch of there's a bunch of shenanigans after well afterwards. This match was a little flat for me, Professor. What did you think? You you know for all the buildup between Pac and Kingston and the the back storyline with uh, the Lucha Bros, Butcher and the Blade. And this is what we call a payoff. You know, I have, to, I have to really go with you, Chris, on this. It was a little bit flat for me. It was flat for the professor. And then to top it off, you know, after that, then you have Lance Archer, the monster with no direction, coming down to really interject himself to this Eddie Kingston Pac, which looks like is going to be a triple threat debacle for the next couple of dynamites here, here and there. So... I'm with you with that because, you know, going on within the show, we see where the priorities of Butcher and the Blade and the Lucha Bros go within the show. So that that's why I say it's just it laid out flat for the professor. Go ahead, Jimmy. What you got? What can I say, dude? What the fuck are they doing with Lance Archer? The guy is a monster, man. The guy. Look, man. I still don't We're understand. We're not disputing. Jimmy. Jimmy, we're not disputing that he's a monster. He is a monster in the making. The problem is, we have to get the problem is the direction of this monster because right. where is he going with this? You know, again, if he's going to fight Eddie Kingston, I'm all for that. Again, Eddie Kingston could lose like five matches in a row and his talking will save him. We've, we've already established that. So it's not going to be a problem for Eddie Kingston. The problem is, where's Lance Archer? Where's Jake the Snake going into this? Where's Paco into this? And like I said, it looks like a triple threat. But again, does Lance Archer belong in this picture? Again, that's, that's time will tell. First of all, if, if it is going for a triple threat, who's going to get over? Pac? Oh. They're probably going to put Pac over, right? Just say. Yeah, it looks like it. It could okay. you need it. You need it really. So the little guy, nothing against Park. I'm a fan of his, right? Don't get me wrong. So the little guy is going to go over, hypothetically, over Kingston and Archer. Like, come on, man. This is the wrong matchup anyway, because either way, like you said, Kingston is fine. If he wins, I mean, if he loses, no problem. He will save himself with his with with his mic skills. But if, if, if Park wins, just say, it destroys, in my opinion, Archer. Like, where do they go from there with him? And why is he even in this program? That's what I don't understand. It doesn't make sense to me, man. Chris? You mean after all the, you mean after all the clear buildup of exactly how <laughs> um, Archer became friends with the Lucha Brothers and, oh, you know, yeah, the, yeah, this... Right this tight tag team of, of, of brothers who just, you know, they've, they've been through the ringer together and everything and all the history. And yeah, no, we've, we've done this before, man. This is ridiculous. It, you know, directionless is exactly the right word professor. Like there's just no aim like this guy, you know, one week he's out and he's fighting with Mox and then he's, and then, he, you know, then he's mad at Eddie Kingston and now he's, now he's mad at Pac and it's just like, 
get a direction, man. Just any direction. Just go somewhere for crying out loud. And and that's why you have a mentor in Jake the Snake to give him direction. But where's the direction from Jake the Snake Roberts? He should be uh, directing this monster. He should be like taking, you know, having targets for the monster to destroy, conquer and destroy. It sounds like Brock Lesnar, but no, it, it's not. Like, it's supposed to be Lance Archer. <laughs> Unbelievable, this company. Like I said, they've got such talent on their roster, right? I mean, we can all agree with that, right? True. Huge, yeah. huge talent. So how the fuck do they get this so wrong? How do they book? this shit why can't they book lance archer just to be that monster when he first came into the company where he was just running running over people just tossing him out like garbage keep doing that for like here yeah, as long as it makes him look strong you know what i'm saying because look at him he looks great he used to look like a lanky whatever back in tna in his tna days and let's not even get started back in his wwe days i mean seriously but right now he looks great. He's he's figured himself out. He knows who he is. Unfortunately, TK and the crew don't know who he is yet, and it's really showing. And it, and he's going to suffer from it. And, and and it really sucks, man. That's all. Well, you know, I, I'll I'll say this. You know, they scooped up Lance Archer for the one specific reason because of the new japan fame right because he did have a great show in the new japan jimmy you remember that all that all the stuff he did with the u.s title uh the g1s and and all this stuff he looked and he had a great match with mox in the it was wrestle king right so we saw that coming you know we we saw that even wwe saw that that's why they you know put overtures towards him but again I think even in WWE, he would have no direction, even with the Lance Archer character. So it's not, it's, it's the American audience. It's the American booking for Lance Archer that's really suffering for him. He he has more direction in New Japan because there's a lot of ways to shield the, the, the booking in New Japan than there is for American wrestling promotions like WWE and AEW. Good point. And like he used to say, everybody dies, right? Mm-hmm. Whatever happened to that? <laughs> Everybody's not dying in the AEW. Except for himself, it looks like. Jeez. But anyway, <laughs> you know what I mean? I mean, what else is it to say about this, man? I mean, we've, we keep yeah. saying this shit every fucking week, man. You know what I mean? So Yeah. This- I mean, he went from being the murder hawk monster to being the mumble hawk mystery basically like we have no idea where the fuck he's going what he wants what you know who he's mad at why he's mad at them what the fuck it's just it's just a bunch of uh, I'm, I'm mad and, and i've got a cool haircut and that guy you remember from the 80s is standing behind me it's, it's nonsense it's just anyway speaking of nonsense we'll move on um the, the next match is uh, Chuck Taylor versus Miro. And uh, one more time, I am super, super fucking annoyed at the booking of this. Um, I think that we can all agree that this should be Miro squashing this motherfucker and Chuck getting a few hope spots, right? That's, that's how the booking of this match ought to go. No, instead we get Chuck Taylor coming out here like the fucking Terminator, just <laughs> dominating for the first three or four minutes of this match. He's overpowering Miro. He's throwing him into the corner and he's throwing him into the, the railing outside. And then Miro tries to come back. He throws him in there again, like, oh, this fucking Terminator Chuck. And then eventually, eventually the heel Miro gets a hope spot, which, you know, 
wonderful. Great job booking there. Um, <laughs> not what a heel's supposed to have. Uh, and anyway, he comes back, he lands a few things, and then he eventually wins with his uh, accolade or whatever the hell he's calling it now in AEW. Um, so I guess Chuck's going to be the young boy. What's it called? The game over. Oh, game over, right? Because he, he screams game over now before he does it instead don't of you know, crush. Don't, so. don't, you know, don't you know, Chris, he's a, he's a video game player, remember? <laughs> it's game I, over. Uh, <laughs> I'm trying to forget that that's his gimmick. Anyway, uh, uh, looks like Chuck's going to be the young boy, and uh, that's fine. I'm interested to see where they go with that, although I have no faith they'll do anything good with it. The, the booking of this match just pissed me off, though. Like, Chuck is doing that to Miro, and you're trying to tell me that Miro's going to have a big 2021? I don't fucking buy it. Professor? Please. You, you know, Chris, I'm going to have to go with another angle on this because I, I'll defend it as best as I can because for the first three minutes, Chuck was, you know, he's thinking about Trek. He's thinking about the injury to his best friend, Trent Beretta. So with that three minutes coincides the biggest offense in Chuck Taylor's career. <laughs> now, after that, then you have the monster gamer, Miro, get his comeuppance. So at least I can try to explain that. You know, when your best friend goes down with an injury like that, and I think the storyline explained it was Miro and Kip Sabian's fault, which, I again, I don't care about a – a mid-carter trying to get a D-list wrestler like Kip Sabian over with a wedding angle that I don't care about. I said this once before. It's deja vu all over again. But anyway, neither here nor there. But Miro, this is shielding Miro because you know what? Actually, if, if Miro didn't have this program, guys, he probably wouldn't have been fighting Darby Allen for the TNT title and lost. <laughs> he, or he would probably would have challenged the AEW championship and lost. And then we'd be saying, where's Miro here? This is what we got Miro for. So this, this storyline is actually saving Miro's career, ac actually extending the AEW career. Now we know that that wedding is going to be for shit in February, which I don't care, but at least it's a slow build for Miro. Maybe he will kick the shit out of Kip Sabian. He will kick the shit out of his young boy, Chuck Taylor, but at least it's, <laughs> It's a uh, it's that little progression that even Jimmy was talking about with Lance Archer. He's getting this with this little storyline, which I don't care for. Go ahead, Jimmy. Dude, the bridesmaid. Like I said, he's nothing but a bridesmaid for me. I was a fan of his. Man, how do we go from Machka Crush to Game Over? Because the way well, it's going. Well, that's translation from Russian to the English. So he, <laughs> oh, yeah. My bad. It must have meant game over, too. But, yeah. uh, but man, it's game over for Miro's career if, if he keeps this shit up. Seriously. But wait, I forgot. He did say he gets paid a lot of money doing this crap, right? He did say that. Mm -hmm. So who am I to judge? If he's getting paid a lot of money, which I'm sure he was getting paid a lot of money in WWE, yet he was complaining but he's fine now you know what i mean so he's all good he's the bridesmaid what else can we say if they don't do anything with this guy in 2021 like tk promised right that's what he said that came out of the horse's mouth then psh, forget it i mean where do you go from here you know what i mean let's just hope they save his career he look the he did he was meant to be he, it's good that he got over because chuck oh look I don't, i'm not 
I don't mind Chuck, right? I didn't mind the, I didn't mind best friends in New Japan. They were nothing, but at least he got the win. And you're right, Professor. At least Chuck got some offense in because of his friend. But then what? So where do we go next week? Are we going to get part two in this fucking crap match? I mean, where are we going? Well, for the purposes, they said that he's going to be his butler. I don't know if he's going to be the butler for this wedding. <laughs> he's going to be the butler for Miro. I don't know this. But for Tony Khan, maybe his he's keeping the promise for Miro to have fun. He's keeping the promise that, Miro, do what you want to do for Twitch. Do what you want to do for YouTube. <laughs> it's not about the booking. Maybe maybe we're overthinking this, guys. It's like if Miro is happier with the Twitch part and the YouTube part and is having fun and he doesn't need to be in the main event picture, He's not. He doesn't feel like he's being disrespected by the booking in his eyes. Maybe we're thinking this is a little bit different, but in his eyes, he, he feels like he's having fun. Who are we to judge? Right. Who are we to judge? <laughs> Who are we to judge, Jimmy? Who are we to judge? Exactly, Professor. I mean, hey, if he's having fun, then we're having fun with him. Not true, Chris. No, no, I'm not having any fun with this shit. <laughs> well, uh, <laughs> you know what I mean. I'm, I'm going to throw cold water all over that. Um, <laughs> no, I, to me, it's like, you know, look, if you're happy doing garbage, that's fine. You know, like, you know, if you're happy doing back backyard wrestling and putting thumbtacks into your fingernails or whatever, that's <laughs> fine. That's you do whatever you want. But as long as you're, as long as you're on my television, I get to have an opinion. And my personal opinion on this is just, I mean, it's weird booking. I, I'm listen. It, it's a, here's the thing. I'm, I like Miro as a wrestler. I like his in ring work. I, I've seen him do stuff that looks like big deal wrestling before. So I'm willing, I'm willing to go along with this story and see where it goes. And I want to know what they're going to do here with the young boy stuff, because they could do something interesting with it. But for me, I mean, you're booking him wrong. You have this guy who's this monster he looks like a monster he works like a monster compared to the rest of your roster he is a goddamn monster and still you're you're making him sell for chuck taylor for three or four minutes get a couple of hope spots i get you know what i mean it, but three minutes of him just completely physically dominating miro i don't know it, it sounds like bad booking to me but Chris, it's not bad booking. It's fun booking. All right. The man is having fun. <laughs> Let him have fun. <laughs> and, and and it's all good. He's having fun. That's all that matters, Chris. Who are we to judge? Yeah. Like the professor said. Who are we to judge, man? Right. We're four-year-olds playing soccer. What matters <laughs> is you have fun, boys. <laughs> anyway, moving on. <laughs> um, oh, the next thing we get is a backstage, is a backstage interview. Uh, with Hardy Party, and that's that's what we call Matt Hardy and the uh, the whatever the party. What, what's the name of the tag team again? Private Party. Private Party. Thank you. The Hardy Party. Anyway, um, <laughs> Matt basically is just doing the sleazy manager gimmick, um, which I like for him. I think he pulls it off pretty okay. Uh, these other guys, wow, they need some help. Neither of these guys seem to be able to emote at all. Like they say their lines completely flat, no emotion, no believability. 
their voices don't influx at any point. It's just you, you're, you're a bad man, Matt, and you took <laughs> our money and you said you wouldn't take our money. You're bad. Like, thank God for Matt Hardy. Cause this was bad. This, this looked rough. Professor. Yeah, I agree with you, Chris. I mean, like, Again, private parties not ready for TV. They're very green. And Matt Hardy is leading the, the backstage promo. You know, again, I didn't know he jumped into the lake and turned into uh, <laughs> uh, Money Boy Matt or whatever you want to call him. But, you Money know, Matt. Money, <laughs> Money Matt, when you jump into this lake, you know, you turn into a lot of things. So I guess, you know, he forgot <laughs> to jump in one more time for a different incarnation. But with that being said, I, I do like, you know, Matt. Matt needed to at least change and get away from the, the old, you know, the Matt, the, 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 the I, I was uh, disinterested with impacts, Matt Hardy, you know, going into the Laker incarnation and, and delete and all that stuff. So this is a great uh, variable to do. You know, you need a great variation here. Private party, you know, you get what you get with, you know, people from the Indies. You get what you get from the people that was wrestling on the weekends and was doing movesets. So, again, what are you going to do? I mean, maybe – and this was like – this wasn't live again, PWCites. This wasn't live. So you could have done multiple takes and said, private party, give me more emotions, like Chris said. Give me more feeling because it felt robotic. It felt generic. So that's the way I'll go with that. Matt Hardy did his job. But private party did not sell off on what was going on. Actually, you just made me think of something there, Professor. How about we just call him Matt Party from now on? Hey, on the contract. Yeah, Matt Party. I mean, and back to what you said before, Professor, you're spot on, man. These guys are so green, but how long? I mean, are these guys going to learn? <laughs> I mean, how long have we been saying that these guys have been green? You would have thought by this point, they would have learned a thing or two, but it seems like they just don't want to learn a thing or two. Look, they're not bad in the ring. Even though I still think they're green as far as their in-ring work goes, they're still very green, even compared to, uh, what are those rap boys called again? The, the rappers? The acclaimed. the acclaimed. The acclaimed. Those guys look much better in the ring than Private Party does, man. I mean, seriously, and that should say something. These guys, I don't know, man. They've, they've got a future. I don't mind their gimmick, even though they're a ripoff from, you know, the other guys in WWE. I won't mention their names. But but come on, man. Like, I mean, come on, guys. Learn a fucking thing or two. Learn how to talk. And to the idiot that screams in, during the matches all the time like a little girl, shut the fuck up, man. <laughs> like, seriously. <laughs> fucking hell. Like, why go, ah, I can't even do it. My voice is not even high enough to do it. Like I said, man, if these guys don't fucking learn a thing or two by now, they will never learn a thing or two, unfortunately. And that sucks because they've got talent. Just please stop fucking being a bunch of gooses, man. Jesus. But, but Jimmy, you have to understand one thing here. Like, you have to ask yourself this, Jimmy, and really think about this. For all for the whole year that you've seen it, how many interview segments has you seen Private Party do? Because one, when you have interview segments... You're learning as you go, right, you know, right. you're learning your, your timing, you're learning, you know, how to do the lines or whatever. You know, I don't want to say that because it's not because then it's like WWE feeding you lines and then you're supposed to speak your lines right. and you're supposed to like just give you the cliff notes 
and then give off your emotions. There hasn't been that many times that private party has gotten the opportunity to do that. So now this is an opportunity. Right now, the first time they fell flat, but they need another interview next week. They need another interview a week after. So this way they can grow and then learn from that. That's up to Tony Khan and that's up to AEW production to right. give them that spot. Because once you give them a match, that's already an easy out. Yeah, we'll give them a match. They can do whatever, they can do the flippy shit in the ring. But again, they need more practice to do backstage segments. They need more practice to do promos. Then put them on dark. <laughs> I mean, geez, yeah, why not? I haven't been watching dark, so they might have been on there, right? But if they're no, but that's work because dark is basically all matches, no talking. Well, yeah, well, add some segments. You know what I mean? At least, yeah. I mean, why not? Apparently, there's going to be another show coming up on TNT. Supposedly, I don't know if it's going to be dark or something else altogether. But if they do bring another show like a thunder-esque, like, you know, from your nitro to your thunder, they'll probably call it lightning, right? Mm. I mean, why not? You know what I mean? Put them on there, let them talk, because they're fun to watch on being the elite, but they suck when it comes to actually dynamite, you know? So it is what it is, Chris. Yeah, I mean, I'm going to agree with Professor on this. I, I'm not I'm not ready to give up on these guys yet. I feel like they're both very young, and I don't think they've been given the opportunities to really grow yet. Um, to me, a lot of, like, the reason why I think that this failed was, to me, it's a failure on the production. Like, somebody needed to stop and be like, guys, seriously, I need some goddamn emotion out of you. Or just cut it just cut it and do something different. Just have Matt cut a promo or whatever. You, you, you really shouldn't be just letting these guys drown like that. Like, and especially in a pre-tape thing, you can always get somebody to give you more than that. That was to me, like if you're, if you're a talent and that's really the best and they did a number of takes and somebody really was trying with them, then you got to send them to the Indies. You just got to tell them, Hey man, you gotta, you gotta go figure out how to cut a promo and then come back. Um, yeah, I, to me, it's a failure. Of production. I agree. 100%. I agree. Go Chris. I agree. Next um, all right. So next up, we've got uh, the inner circle coming out to, uh, to tell us their new year's, resolutions um i've said this a couple of times i'm going to specifically call somebody out now uh gun club you're fired uh if you're a fan and you're at these aew shows and you're singing along to judas that's fine uh, fans can do whatever the hell they want if you're a contracted talent and you're a face and you're singing your goddamn heart out to the heels fucking songs just go away. First of all, you look like a fucking Mark, which, you know, I, I'm, I don't, I don't say that as like a disrespectful thing, but like, if you're an actual talent and you look like you're a fucking idiotic, like super fan and shit, bro, what the fuck are you doing? You look like a fucking amateur. It, it just comes off as stupid every single time. And you know, at some point in the next three weeks, the gun club's going to have some kind of a fucking interaction with the inner circle where the, where they're staring them down and oh, oh, I'm mad at you. And yet you're singing fucking Judas at the top of your lungs every goddamn week. I don't know if you're a contracted talent, don't do that. And gun club, you're fired. Cause I've, I've, I've mentioned you a couple of times. I, 
do those dudes seem sad or what? Especially when the talent sit there singing, Judas is my life. Man, shut the fuck up, please. For Christ's sake. They the look checks are clearing. The checks are clearing, guys. Remember this. Your job as talent in front row is to sing word for word, line for line, and have feelings. Have emotion. That's the <laughs> best your favorite song you grew up with judas you got to remember this you've got to sing it if you don't say it tony Khan will fire your ass god damn it man seriously these guys and jericho fuck does he love that shit or what does he look like his ego gets even bigger the more they sing that crap don't get me wrong it's a great song right but like chris said if it's a talent and like you said professor as long as the checks are clearing and they're not bouncing Sing to your heart is content, I guess, right? You know, I'm going to say this. And I did say this to you guys when, when I was a guest on the last skirmish. I keep talking about this, about the inner circle. Now, we can get into the context of the promos, but what is it, again, with the, with these guys? And what what is it with these guys, you know, over the overlaying storyline with the little friction here and there. They can't do it in a wrestling match, but they need another segment. They need another overproduced segment. And now they call this the inner circles, uh, new year's resolutions. Wow. Again, they, again, hangover, you had dancing with the stars and now you got <laughs> new year's resolutions with the inner circle. And then the context of all this stuff is what is it they they want to be champions tag team champions cool again but look at the guy look at it guys what happens remember i said on the last time i said they can't even have a match where they can have the storyline where you know there's a mistiming and all this stuff they're actually doing an out now oh you have your grievances why don't we just fight each other and then we'll kiss and make up and then <laughs> next week inner circle that is so dumb you're supposed to like gradually cause the friction, gradually cause that big payoff match. And then for next week, since they all want to be uh, tag team champions, they're going to have that triple threat. The only thing I'm happy about is Santana and Ortiz are getting match time. They're getting in the ring to prove they're one of the best tag teams in the world because they haven't been shown the opportunity to be one of the best tag teams in the world. So uh, again, if all this gives me the payoff that I want, for Santana Ortiz to come out on top, I'm all for it. But again, this shows you they can't do things in the ring to tell a story. They need these overproduced segments. So that's my my take on that. Before we continue, we're just going to go to a little short break. All right, guys? Well, I mean, 100%, Professor. Like, uh, Wrestling is meant to be told mostly in the ring, and then the promos are meant to, you know, accentuate the story that's being told in the ring, right? You're meant to sort of understand what's happening based on, you know, what's happening in matches. Um, you know, like you said, there, there needs to be more physical stuff where they're telling a story of how and why this group is separating. Um, but they don't, they just keep, like you said, they keep needing huge overproduced segments to make any kind of point that's worth listening to. Um, one thing I'm going to say was, was good about this was, um, MJ, when he was giving his, uh, said, and I quote, you know, and Hey, fat people just got to go. I, I love that. That made me laugh, even though I'm a bit of a fat guy. So like, I, you know, I'm, I'm allowed 
I'm allowed to make that joke, guys. Um, <laughs> it, was a nice, it was a nice dig at Chris Jericho, even though that and, Chris Jericho yeah, should have like looked at his stomach on that one. <laughs> but yeah, Chris, keep going. I honestly, that was exactly what went through my mind when he made that joke. Man, I, I like this segment, right? But like the professor said earlier, is, do we really need like to see who the tag team of the inner circle is? I mean, come on, it's it's Santana and Ortiz. That's it. There's no one else, man. It's just them two. And if they don't go over whatever they plan on doing, <laughs> you, you might as well kiss them two goodbye. I mean, come on, man. I mean, and why aren't they showcasing these guys? To me personally, other than the Bucks, right? Really, Santana and Ortiz are the best team. In AEW, are they not? Well, I still like FTR, so I guess. Oh I'm yeah, sorry. And FTR, <laughs> I forgot about them, and even though they were on the show as well. But, but honestly, I mean, LAX, I think is even better than the Bucks. You know what I mean? And there shouldn't be even a thing. This storyline, as as amusing as it is for me, right? Which it kind of is. Like, come on, where, where are they going? Like, I get it, right? Eventually, we know where this is going to go. MJF is going to break away from the inner circle or he's going to end up being the new leader of the inner circle and Jericho becomes the, the baby face and goes on a rampage against MJF, whatever's going to happen, right? The point is, do we really need this? Do we really need to find out who the tag team of the inner circle is when we already know who the tag team of the inner circle actually is? I mean, Professor, I mean, what do you think of that? Well, when you make a, I guess they kind of make it a comedy about everything and then it turns into the match who is the tag team that's going to challenge for the tag team championships that's fine but again the like chris said like certain storylines when you tell the the story in the ring physically again so simplistic like i keep saying they you know, miss timings and, and just looking at each other weird and and, and doing some double crossing but they don't do that. They need the segments. Once when they rely too heavy on the segments and don't do it on the match, then people are suffering. And Santana and Ortiz are the ones that are suffering the most. Everybody else has got a certain place within the inner circle, except Santana and Ortiz, the best tag team within the inner circle. So if this is a chance for them to break away from the inner circle and turn into a five-man group instead of a seven-man group then fine. Let them break away. Let them, you know, find their own niche in AEW. But hopefully I'm just, maybe I'm being biased again. I just want Santana Ortiz to prosper in AEW. And I'm sure we all agree with that. True, Chris? Oh, hundred percent. I, I think LAX are definitely like, to me, there are two top level, there are two real top tag teams. Like, I think I've said that, I, I think I've included the Young Bucks in this conversation before. And I, to be honest with you, the more I watch of them, because I never saw Japan, I never watched them in PWG, I never watched them in ROH. Um, they're not on the same level as LAX and FTR. They're just not. I don't, I don't find them as believable. I find them to be overly choreographed. When I see an LAX match, it looks like two guys who are legitimately trying to hurt the other guy and legitimately trying to get a pinfall win in a match, which to me is exactly what tag team wrestling is meant to be. So, I mean, for me, they're one of the two best tag teams that they have in AEW. They're one of the top five tag teams in the, in the world, period, end of story, no matter where you want to go. 
to me, these guys are criminally being underused in AEW. And I honestly am hoping that they lose this match and then they can break off and go do their own thing. Cause I think they're just completely lost in the circle. There's just too many people. There's too many voices. There's too many people that need to be heard from and seen and everything like that. It just needs to shrink a little bit and hopefully LAX, like whatever they're going to call themselves, not pride and powerful, please don't do that again. Uh, but whatever they want to call themselves in AEW, I hope that they get a serious push because they're super talented. And you know what, Chris? Maybe you're right. Maybe that's the goal. What you just said. Maybe the inner, I mean, inner circle, uh, pride and powerful, whatever you want to call them, Santana or Tears LAX. Maybe the goal is for them to break away from the inner circle. And if that's the case, then you know what? I'm all for it. Absolutely, hundred percent on that. Yeah. So let's move on, Chris. All right. Good. Uh, so next up, we've got a. Yeah, next up, we've got a, a backstage uh, segment here with uh, the Dark Order, and uh, they're all just kind of standing around talking about uh, what it was like last week and the week before and stuff like that after uh, <clears throat> after, after Mr. Brody Lee died. And, um, you know, they're just kind of talking amongst themselves, and what they, they really want to know is, is what's going to happen with Adam Page. And Adam Page is standing there, and they all give him hugs and – they say, you know, when are you going to tell us when you're going to join, if you're going to join? And I guess we're going to find out next week. So that's good. Um, as I said the other week, they're clearly a face team now. You can't really you can't really have these guys be the heels at this point. Maybe you can get them back there at some point. But for right now, you have to turn them face. There wasn't really an option to do anything else. So feel like they can do pretty good with that because they've got some people who are natural faces anyway. I feel like John Silver is almost impossible to boo. So it's all right. Prof. You know what? I'm going to, I'm going to give it time to breathe. If I could just say that, because again, for what the dark order was, what it is and what happened and what has transpired, rest in peace, Brody Lee, you know, again, in the dichotomy with Adam Page, and again, you got this untapped potential, and we know that Adam Page is the AEW cornerstone for the future. To be involved with this is a little bit of a slap in the face. He should be, you know, in that TNT title picture. He should be in the AEW heavyweight title picture. He should be in the higher card aspects, and this is... I don't again, I'm trying not to disrespect the dark order because of the circumstances, but this is too much of a joke. And again, you got a drunk, you got a drunk Adam Page, not a not a man who's just drinking and being a tough SOB like Stone Cold Steve Austin, but you just got a drunk guy with no direction. So I'm gonna let it breathe and I won't say any more. <laughs> well, I just want to say, how long are we gonna go with this hangman page story, man? He's a drunk who just doesn't have a clue what the fuck is going on anymore. And I don't know, RIP to Brody. It's got nothing to do with that. To me, like you said, Prof, he's got no direction. He's just a drunk, basically. You know, someone that you'll find off the street feeling sorry for himself. You know what I'm saying? Like, this guy is a bona fide star. I don't care if anyone doesn't agree with me. This guy is the future of AEW, like you said, Professor why oh why would they be doing this to him i mean what's the end game he's going to go into rehab and suddenly he's sober 
Well, they, I think they want to. I think they just want to tie off loose ends with the Dark Order because this was building with or without Brody when Brody Lee was alive. So this right. was happening in a in a sense. So you gotta at least finish this off one way or another. I'm just saying that for Adam Page, you know, they never booked them from the from being the tag team champions from wanting to break away from the elite. Where you know people always tell the professor, you know, AEW tells these high arcing storylines. Oh, really, yeah, right. go up, go in, go with Adam Page and really tell me how much of a high arcing storyline from where they were, where he was as tag team champions, where he was <laughs> trying to break away from the elite to where he is now, and you telling me that's high arcing. But that's just me. I'm just uh, don't you know, Professor? That's that's what you call storylines, my friend. That's TK's the man. Don't, don't ever say that. Come on now. I mean, oh, gee. I apologize, Tony. You, you did it right. You, you're proving me wrong with this one. <laughs> My God. Oh, Jesus God. Christ, please. For the for God's sake, let this guy just become the star that he can be. Like, just let him be. Like you said, okay, tie up those loose strings, but how long is it going to take to tie up these loose strings? Because... Knowing our luck, that he's going to become the, the leader of the Dark Order. I doubt they'll do that. But knowing our luck, who fucking knows anymore, man? I mean, it is what it no, is. But, but no, but I'll, I'll say this. And you guys can agree or disagree on this one. So I'll go with Chris because you, you talked about, like, you like John Silver. There's no way you could boo John Silver. Now, if you want to use Adam I know where Page, you're going, if you want to use Adam Page to destroy John Silver for sympathy... <laughs> And then you have this program with Adam Page and John Silver. So this way, John Silver could get over, uh, you know, as a, as a single star. Would you be accepting of that? I would. Yeah, I'd, I'd be okay with it. I think that you need to, like, that's a match that you need to book properly, too, because obviously there's that size difference. And I, I feel like booking-wise, Silver is actually booked a little too strong. Even though I know, like, the guy looks like he's jacked and everything, but he's so small. And he's so likable. Like he has such, she has such physical charisma that like, for me, I just, I can't boo the guy. I want to cheer him. So I'd be happy to see that. Although I personally feel like right now, what's more likely is that they lean into Paige being uh, the alcoholic and they, they push a story where him being a part of the inner circle actually does help him heal from his alcoholism. The inner circle, or the 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 dark, the dark order. order. Sorry, there's so many damn fucking teams <laughs> in this fucking show. I was gonna say, look, man, if he becomes straight thanks to the dark order, okay, but then what? He better destroy all of them, like the like. I knew you were going that way, Professor, because that's exactly what I'll do. Absolutely destroy John Silver because he's the most popular one. Just absolutely, just eat him alive. I want him to be a monster heel, really. Paige can be that real monster heel and just run through everybody. But, man, this drinking thing and this alcoholic thing, it needs to stop, man. I mean, I'm... Maybe zipping tequila will sober him up to destroy John Silver. That's what it is. It's got to be the right alcohol to do it. Oh, man. Why, <laughs> Why not? If that, if that helps, I'm all for it. But, man, at this point, I'm just over this storyline. And, and look, I don't know where they're going to go with the Dark Order after all this. I would have liked to seen Eric Rowan be the new leader only because it makes sense for that to happen. 
but I guess they can't afford him apparently, or well, I don't know, they don't want him. I mean, I don't know, but as long as there's a good ending to this and it, and it goes a certain way, cool. But if we're going nowhere every week and we're just going to get the same old shit, then I don't know what to say because clearly these guys think they're booking great. Clearly they think they're, they're, the, they're the best thing since sliced bread. And looking at all the Mark Tards, especially the AEW Mark Tards online, they seem to eat this shit up. So it is what it they, is. They, they eat it up because of BTE. We already know this. Right. They eat it up because they, they, they flourished on BET and they it carries do, over. So if, you, if, so if you want to, but again, I don't watch BTE, so I don't care if they did uh, flourish or not. I want to see what they do in the ring right. on Dynamite. That's, and that's the most important show. That's your A show. Exactly. Flourish there. The right. And that's the problem. They don't even allude to being the elite on Dynamite anyway. So how can you, like, how can you mm -hmm. show them in one light and then show them like on Dynamite in a completely different other light? They show their charisma on being the elite, no doubt about it. On Dynamite, they're just like any other jobber. You know what I'm saying? You don't see their personality come out. But it is what it is. So continue on, Chris. Yeah, we'll move on from this because it, it's it's a frustrating storyline. It, it, you know, and I think I think all three of us are pretty well in agreement. Like, you know, Hangman Page, that dude is a serious future star. Like. Every single time he's in the ring, he looks like a million bucks. So hopefully they can do something to get him away from this and start really pushing him properly. But I do not have a whole lot of faith in that happening. So we'll move on. Um, next up, uh, uh, Kenny Omega is uh, coming out and Don Callis comes down to the ring to, uh, to announce what we all sort of thought was going to be the Young Bucks coming out. But instead, it's the... Yeah, good brothers. Yeah. So we have our, our we have we have the first uh you know the first in ring match uh with someone from Dynam or someone from Impact invading Dynamite, and uh, they're taking on uh the blondes some blondes um and uh, what's this guy's name something limelight i didn't even get I, I don't know who this guy is maybe he's on dark maybe he's a big deal on dark but i don't know who he is there wasn't enough of an introduction for me to care although in the ring he seemed to be pretty smooth i i wouldn't mind seeing this kid again he seemed like he's pretty talented um i will say that for the for the introduction of impact guys this was the right way to do it impact got some huge shine out of this because Let's be real, like out of the six guys in the ring, Kenny Omega looks like he, he's a star and the Good Brothers look like they're fucking superhuman compared to what they're, what they're wrestling here. So it's a good push. Uh, the match was way too competitive for me. Uh, I get that you want to push your young guys. You want to have some you want to have some shine for the faces. But again, this is a situation where you've got Kenny Omega, who we're told is the best wrestler in the world and the best bout machine and the cleaner and all this other fucking nonsense from Japan. And then you've got these two guys who look like gorillas in the ring. And it's almost a 50-50 match with these guys who 
you know, the, the varsity blondes are jobbers at this point. I'm sorry. I really, really like Pillman. He deserves better, but they've lost all of their matches on dynamite. I don't care what they're doing on dark. I'm not fucking watching that show. <laughs> you need to convince me on this show that they're good. Otherwise they're fucking awful. So anyway, it's just too much, too much given to these guys getting the, the, um, they went, they go to the magic killer before we get into all of the nonsense afterwards. Uh, what did you think about the match professor? Uh, you know what? The, the one thing that I'll take from this besides the 50, 50 match that you talked about is that the ending, you know, if this supposed, you know, Tony Khan is offering the olive branch of trying to get all these promotions together and doing some things, the wrong tag team help, you know, did not help uh, John Moxley when he came out. <laughs> if you wanted, if you if, if you wanted to promote Hard to Kill, if you wanted to really co-promote and have some luster, the Motor City Machine Guns should have helped John Moxley. The Motor City, I understand, you know, Tony Khan, that you was money marking here, you was going crazy, you was trimming in your pants. But you could have helped impact a little bit more. I understand, Chris, that they helped impact way a lot with the Good Brothers being on this show. But you could have helped the you could have helped people from AEW, the AEW Marktards, purchase a pay per view for Hard to Kill to see Kenny Omega, your man Kenny Omega, on a different show. That's what you call co promotion. The Motor City Machine Guns should have helped out at the end for John Moxley and for the Schmas. Now, here's where you get the funny part. You get the Lucha Bros. Now you're trying to make amends for the bullshit that you, you had them under for the past couple of weeks just to throw them into the fire, which makes no sense right now. So you kill one storyline, which is fine. I'm, you know how it is. You kill one storyline to get into another program. <laughs> So we and Excalibur said, we know that the, the rivalry between the Lucha Bros and the Young Bucks, remember that stuff in 2019. <laughs> uh, yeah, I remember it, but it didn't matter because it didn't it didn't fit the mold here with John Moxley. That's the problem. If you had Pac doing having a run in. OK, then you got the Lucha Bros coming in. But you had Moxley doing it. You have Moxley coming in. That's why you hit the Motor City Machine Guns. You protect Rich Swan. This was so perfect to promote Hard to Kill. That's the way I looked at it, Jimmy. I 100% agree with you, Professor. And that's why you are the Professor, man. Because if you can see that, why can't TK see this? Why isn't even Don Callis saying anything? I mean, at the end of the day... Again, again, I keep telling you about management. It's always about management. How much help will, are you willing to give another promotion without, sh you know, not shitting on your own brand? So that's the thing. He, he is protecting his AEW brand. He's protecting his AEW storyline. But yet for me as the fan, I wanted to see a bigger, a better build towards Hard to Kill. Maybe I'm looking at it as the fan, but again, I keep telling you guys, it's always about management and you got to protect your own brand. Okay, that's fine. But but the thing is, this is what I would have done, right? Just to protect <laughs> everybody. I would have had Moxie not even appear tonight, not until at least maybe Hard to Kill, where he screws Kenny and the, and the Good Brothers on the win, where you get the TNA guys, sorry, the Impact guys over in that match, just say, right? 
even though technically you'd think the good brothers and kenny will win that right so really for me what was the whole point of that beatdown that seemed pretty brutal last week yeah, that's pretty brutal right and here and he comes moxley with his with his little you know walk and stuff like that and man like, like you said it should have been the motor city machine guns that came out and if not them at least sammy callahan or something like that where at least there's some sort of history with moxley and callahan back from their czw days right you'd think at least having him around would make sense but instead we got the lucha brothers because that makes sense right i mean how do they even communicate i know i know phoenix can talk english but it seems like penta can't talk english so i mean at the end of the day what what was it hey me you two we go get them orale let's go you know what i mean like get the fuck out of here like this is just silly man to me and it's a shame you know but what do you do and as far as brian pillman jr goes i'm i like him but he's not his daddy man he's got no he does not have the same charisma that his dad has which is unfortunate but it is what it is you know sometimes it just doesn't work that way no no i mean again you're not seeing the potential in AEW like you're supposed to have seen in mlw there was potential in mlw if you yes, saw that right, he, right. he was ovw heavyweight champion for a That's reason true. because people people in the business like brian Pillman jr he has a great worth ethic he has a great attitude for the business so again i i think it's paying your dues in AEW because there's really nothing for him right now. So let's just give it time to grow. He he has to be the sacrificial lamb for something that's not his priority right now. And that's what it was with the good brothers and Kenny Omega. Fair enough. And and what was that splash, dudes? Did you guys see that crap? That three man from the other guy? No, I think it happened oh, during the, the commercial break. That was break. kind of botched. That was Yeah, botched. that was kind of botched. And they still showed it, even though the cameras didn't pick it up originally, right? Because I think it was during the break. But they still showed it to us. They shouldn't have even showed that. And let's be real. I guess TK. Wait, wait, wait. I thought they were paying homage to Snoop Dogg's splash. Oh, so oh, I thought it was oh. trying to. Yeah. <laughs> My bad. <laughs> My bad. It wasn't that bad. It wasn't that bad, <laughs> Professor. It okay. It wasn't that bad, but it was close, Professor. It was close. It was, it was almost just as bad. But, uh, but the thing is, man, like. Obviously, TK's got a hard on for the Good Brothers. Obviously, he sees them as the only big stars in Impact Wrestling or something like that. I mean, I, I get it. They, they are on a different level, and I'm still surprised that they even signed with Impact Wrestling. You would have thought they would have gone either back to Japan or signed with AEW. But this Impact Wrestling AEW thing is already becoming the drizzling shit, in my opinion. They didn't promote Hard to Kill. They don't give a shit about impact clearly they don't right so yeah it is what it is i mean what do you do i i, I mean i mean you could look at it from this standpoint the only positive i'll take out of this is you know if if we go back into that new japan history jimmy the young bucks were the cruiserweight tag team champions and they were right. always second fiddle to gallows and anderson they were True. always second fiddle to the gorillas of destiny and those tag team the heavyweight tag team championships right. so what you have is the potential for the the young bucks to say we're not what we were in the in the in the chopping blocks of the bullet club in japan we are the elite we are the vice presidents of this company and we have the most prestigious tag team championships so we can take from that the potential 
of you know catering to their own egos, but at least this is a match I'm actually interested in Me for too. the Young Bucks yeah. against the good against the Good Brothers. So we could see that playing out as the weeks go on on Dynamite. Do you think they'll go that route though? Are they smart enough to do that? They have to. <laughs> you think this, this is they I, they have they have no choice. I mean the way they they kind of playing it out on TV, and again the Young Bucks, you know, f- to cater to their own egos. And to, you know, at least for the Good Brothers, even if they lose to the Young Bucks on AEW Dynamite TV, they can go back to Impact. It doesn't affect them. At least they, they say, you know, they can have an ego win and then it doesn't affect the AEW Tag Team division. Right. That's the way I look at it. That's a good call. I mean, Chris, do you have any other words to say about this? Uh, no, they're definitely leaning into that match, though. Like, there's no question that that's the match they're leaning into. The, the you know, they were su- they were literally supplanted by the Good Brothers tonight. They believed they were going out there to have a match with Kenny, and then they weren't. So it's definitely the way that they're leaning. Um, I, I had the exact same thought as Professor did. The reason I stopped, you know, a- after the match and and asked about the smalls afterwards was because that was exactly what I thought was, wow, does this segment ever need Alex, Alex Shelley and Chris Saban? Like what the hell's going on here? Why? I, for, for, for a while, um, when the, when the young bucks came, came out and sort of cleared house a little bit for a moment, I thought, okay, maybe now we're going to get the machine guns, but it just never happened. So I feel like that was a big miss. Um, I think you're probably right professor i think it was probably you know the guy booking it is just such a big fan of japan he just wanted to see something he saw in japan again that's all i just want to quickly say especially considering the history of the motor city machine guns and generation me you know what i mean they've got a history when i say generation me chris just in case you don't know what i'm on about i'm talking about the From tna yeah yeah right then you know them two teams have got a history right wouldn't it make more sense if, the, if it was the Bucks and Kenny against the Motor City Machine Guns and uh, Rich Swan? Professor, don't you think it would have been better going that way? I mean, you know what? I mean, I, I can uh, understand the Good Brothers and, oh, and that storyline with Kenny, Kenny Omega infiltrating here. For, but I'm just saying for the AEW Dynamite TV, the Machine Guns could have thwarted the, the, the elite, supposedly Kenny Omega's elite, with this segment here. We don't need to go really backstory with the Young Bucks and doing anything. It just, it wasn't their time for the Young Bucks to do anything. Cause sometimes you gotta act like a vice president. You don't have to act like a wrestler. You already have people, you know, this is the funny thing here for the Schmaz. You know, the last episode, it took a while for people in the front row to at least try to attack Kenny Omega's elite. Right. This was even really funny because it took a long time. And then the Lucha Brothers started first. So it's like, okay, when, you know, they're, they're quick to sing Judas, but they're <laughs> slow to help a fellow AEW wrestler. I, I don't get that. Well, I'll be honest. My net started playing up when the Lucha Brothers came out. So I didn't even realize the Bucks actually did come out. So, uh, yeah, that that's news to me. But, but man, like, like I said, the pay-per-views this Saturday, right? I believe hard to kill. Yes. Well, I'm going to be tuning in for once, like with TNA impact wrestling, whatever you want to call them to see what happens with that. But man, I just felt like they could have gone in all sorts of directions. And if they are going between, if they are leaning towards the bucks and the good brothers, 
is it really believable for the Bucks to beat the Good Brothers? I just think, you know, I would even put the Good Brothers over in that match if it goes that way. Well, again, you know, for the storyline purposes, it's about the Bullet Club. It's really not about AEW versus Impact. It's right. just that that particular storyline. But then that's for the niche audience that has followed the Bullet Club since 2013 to exactly. see this culminate. This is seven years in the making. <laughs> that's a storyline. I'm excited, boys. I'm excited. <laughs> All right. Anyway, Chris, move on. All right, moving on. Uh, the next thing that we get is uh, the waiting room, the Britt Baker waiting room. Um, that's mostly a bunch of nonsense to begin with, but uh, I did like a few lines that they had here as they were introducing Cody. Uh, I liked that she said, you know, Cody, you just need to make one good decision. Unlike that thing on your neck. That made me laugh. Um, and also when he came out, they had the sparklers. She said, all right, our, our, we fulfilled our contractual obligation and gave him pyro. Good. Which is exactly the kind of shit that I've been thinking every single time I see this fucking guy come out for every single segment with a million tons of pyro, even if he's just out there to say three words. Um, and this was pretty quick. Um, Jade came out and then some other chick came out and then they, they had a little fight and then there was a bunch of chicks and uh, then somehow Thunder Rosa took over the show. Uh, she's going to get her shot at Brit at beach break. I'm not really sure how she got her video on Baker's show. I'll have to I WWE for exactly how that works out. But uh yeah, there were some funny things here. I did like those two lines. Other than that, this got off the rails quick, and I couldn't really follow anything other than the fact that Thunder Rosa and Britt Baker are going to fight, and Jade mentioned Shaq again. I have nothing. Professor? Well, you know what? I'm actually happy they took something from Dark and put it on Dynamite. Now, it's a train wreck. I will give you that. It, it is a train wreck of what we saw. But the waiting room is what is needed for Dynamite. You do need a talk show segment to, you know, so this way you don't have these 20-minute matches. I love Britt Baker. I love, you know, Rebel, what they do. I love all the jokes that they said during the thing. And you know what? For once, another storyline with women. You know, I, it, whether it works or not, I, whether you liked it or not, at least they're trying something else, you know, with Jay Cardell. And, and I think her name is Red Velvet. Yes. Now, the Thunder Rope. Red Velvet. Now, the Thunder. And then the Thunder Rope thing. Again, this is the disorganization from Tony Khan trying to put in, you know, trying to throw so many darts at the dartboard and seeing which one hits the bullseye. That's the one thing I will disagree on. But I, I'm happy that the waiting room is on Dynamite. It needs to be on Dynamite. And you know what? You can get storylines. And again, you know, the funny thing is overproduction with inner circle in the ring. But yet maybe that inner circle stuff would have been perfect for the waiting room where you have somebody to inject, you know, to be an interviewer, to inject something out of it, to, to inject the discussion. That's just me, guys. That's, I guess I'm nitpicky for what I say. <laughs> I agree. There's nothing more to say after what you just said, Professor. I mean, it's, it's facts, man. 100% agree with that. Chris? 
Yep. I mean, if you're going to overproduce something, overproduce the backstage segment where you've got 800 people involved, you know, including some people who I, I literally like, I'm sorry, I'm not being funny here. I literally did not know the name of this chick who Jade was standing next to. I, I couldn't have told you if you hadn't said her name was Red Velvet. How, I literally how, would not have been able to give you an answer. How dare you, Chris? You are a wrestling fan. You were supposed to be this hardcore wrestler. You're supposed to know everybody. <laughs> it's true. I've said it a million times. <laughs> it's, oh it's, it's unbelievable, man. It's unbelievable how they expect you to actually know this without giving you any sort of backstory about who this person is and why. Yes, we we know just about everybody in professional wrestling, right? But that's us. But to the casual fan, for Christ's sake, explain a little bit. Give a backstory. You know what I mean? Tell the people why they're there, who these people are, why are they having a match. Other than that, like I said, TK, I guess TK expects all these all these fans because the thing is, these AEW marked hard fans don't really have a clue about m most of the history of these guys. I mean, most of these fans don't even know Kenny's history. They just hear about it. You know what I mean? Oh, he's Japan run. He's not that good. He's overrated. Blah, blah, blah. That's what I hear a lot, right? Heck, they're even comparing like Bret Hart to fucking Kenny. You can't even compare that. You know what I'm saying? In my opinion, there's no comparison. But... It is what it is, you know what I mean? I mean, psh. cool, good for the wait, women. Wait, wait, they're, they're, com they're comparing Kenny Omega and Bret Hart? Wait, wait, what? Yeah, no, wait. no, no. On, on the online, I'm oh. talking about, not on Dynamite or anything oh, like that. Yeah, 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 no, no, no. How about, how about to say, how about to say, how, how the hell are you going to compare two different styles, two different generations, two different impacts on the wrestling industry? You know, one exactly. doesn't fit with the other. So, right. you know. It doesn't. Other than I don't, mind this, I, don't, I don't mind discussions about, you know, dream matches about, you know, people from certain generations, but let's be honest, you know, anybody, you know, wrestling now and, and beyond are going to be athletically superior to guys that we like maybe oh. in the eighties and nineties, because the skill set is so different, but you know what? People back then had more charisma. People oh, back then no had doubt. better psychology. No People back doubt. then had better storylines. So, preach, you know, Professor, preach, please. But if you're gonna if you're gonna tell me who's better between Kenny Omega and Bret Hart, I guess I'm gonna have to go with the best there is, the best there was, and the best there ever will be, Bret Hart. And that's not me being a shill. That's stating the facts, guys. I'm sorry <laughs> to the AEW Mark Hearts. Well, you, you know why Kenny Omega? You know why Kenny Omega was good. Because Okada did his job. He made him look good. <laughs> oh, you're going to get heat for that one, Professor. You're going to get heat. Look, everybody knows how much of a Kenny Mark I am, right? But I'll call him out on his bullshit. But even I said on that, on that thread, there's no fucking comparison. You cannot. This is a silly comparison. Like you just said, I said the exact same words. And I'm going to go with Brett all the way. He's, he's the best there is, the best there was, the best there ever will be. And unfortunately, charisma levels are completely different psychology wise jesus christ it's a, it's a different planet we're on on a different plane because today's wrestlers don't know psychology all right i hate to say it don't fucking kill me you you know mark tards i'm just saying facts are facts man it is what it is i'm sorry and i'm a kenny mark like i said but 
So be sorry, be truthful. That's what it is. Hey, Everybody hey, needs a little bit of the truth there. Well, it's true, man. And if you if they can't realize that, and if they don't see that, then go ahead and watch some old school wrestling, man. All right, Jesus. Anyway, boys, I think we'll go for a short break and continue this with our last segment. All right, guys. All right, so uh, next up, we've got, uh, oh, man, this one's uh, head fucking explode if he has to watch this and talk about it. Um, <laughs> I'm going to agree with basically everything he says about it, too. This is FTR versus Marco Stunt and Jungle Boy. Um, guys, do you remember a couple of weeks ago? when FTR went up against the Varsity Blondes and it was like a good sort of little squash match where the Varsity Blondes got a couple of spots but it was mostly FTR dominating and then they went over in about four minutes. Do you guys remember that? Of course mm -hmm. we did, Chris. <laughs> this is exactly what this should have been um, minus any offense from Marco Stunt because it's not believable. He literally looks like a child. These guys are the best tag team in the world. I believe that about FTR. Um, wow. Did this piss me off? I literally, my comments literally here read, um, fuck this match already. No, fuck off. Can't handle it. Fuck you, TJ or BJ or whatever the fuck you call yourself. This had to be a quick domination. What the fuck are you doing? That's my notes. Prof? There's nothing left for me to expound on that except that uh, the problem with uh, Marco Stunt is you don't want to hate a guy for his size, but you literally are hating a guy for his size. I have no sympathy for him getting punished. I actually enjoy him getting punished, and that's not good. You're supposed to you know, cheer for an underdog like that, the ultimate underdog like that, but yet he comes off as, you know, getting a handout because of his best friends. And you don't do that in professional wrestling. You pay your dues to earn your spots. And FTR, and I've said this again, you know, it's funny how Moxley and Omega have a feud after Moxley loses the title. Why couldn't the FTR have a feud with the Young Bucks after they lost their title? I'm not going into the logistics. I'm just, I'm just stating the obvious here, but... This is a this is a step down for FTR, but again, I've always said that FTR can bring balance into the tag team division. But again, you have great tag teams like Lucha Bros. You have great tag teams like Santana Ortiz that are waiting for money matches with FTR. But yet, you have to prove a point with Marco Stunt, and for logistic reasons, I didn't see Luchasaurus out there. He kind of disappeared. And the only thing I'll take away from this match, Chris, from your notes that you forgot is Tony Khan paid an enormous amount of money to bring up that 1980s uh, Jungle Boy theme song from MTV back in the day. That song is for a singles push. But yet, you know, Mark Tars won't understand that song because they weren't even born when that song came out. <laughs> but it just doesn't fit for Jungle Boy. Go ahead, Jimmy. Man, do I feel sorry for FTR in this match? You know, what what 
what made me laugh is when I saw Marco Stunt get pinned, I was just looking thinking, damn, man, it looks like a child getting pinned. Like, literally, it looks like a damn child. What dues did this guy pay, man? Like, this guy should not be a professional wrestler. He's not the look of a professional wrestler. He definitely does not have any charisma in my book. He's got nothing to him. In my opinion, he's got nothing to him. He should be, if he's going to be anything, and he's lucky to be this, he should just be a, a jobber. A jobber where he, you just, man, if JBL was in AEW, can you imagine the clothesline from hell he could give, <laughs> he could give Marco stunt? It would decapitate him, literally. That's what I want to see. You know what I mean? And again, and again, he is literally holding back untapped potential in Jungle Boy and Luchasaurus because he brings them both down significantly. He really does. Right. And wouldn't it be great if Luchasaurus just turned on the both of them anyway and absolutely killed them? Like, and especially Marco Stunt, just power bomb this guy. Do you remember when, when Kevin Nash back in 96 power bombed Eric Bischoff at the Great American Bash in 96 through the, mm -hmm. the set? Do that to, to Marco Stunt, except just kill him. Just, just get rid of this guy. He's, he's a fool. No offense, man. If you could be a professional wrestler, then all three of us can be a, we can be stars. If this guy is on television, let alone dynamite. But anyway, I, yeah. def I definitely can cut a better promo than private party. That's for damn sure. So. <laughs> no doubt about it. hundred percent. But that's all I'm going to say because this is just stupid. Chris. I, yeah, I don't have anything else to say about this because I, I literally don't want to overuse the word fuck um in this podcast and i i would just basically yeah that that's that's all i have to say about it just fuck i <laughs> we're moving on um not, up next we've got uh the the absolute match of the night um maybe the match of the month from aew it's taya conti versus serena deeb for the nwa women's championship oh my god was this ever a nice little fucking change after that God damn tag match made me so fucking angry. It's a wrestling match. Get this featuring wrestling moves. <laughs> I mean, I didn't know AEW had it in them, but Serena Deeb certainly did. Um, both women focus on submission holds, leverage pins. Um, there's counters to moves. Uh, at one point, Conti's outfit ripped a little bit. Mm -hmm. So there was like a single stream from her mesh on her ass that like ripped. So her ass was extra jiggly. So I'm just going to go ahead and give this 10 stars already. <laughs> Forget about how it ended. Um, but no, I, I love the logic of literally everything that Serena Deeb does in these matches. Um, reversals into reversals into reversals. Um, it's just outstanding. I, I fucking loved it. Uh, Deep goes over here with a pin. This was a really good, solid wrestling match. And like normally, I'd be totally fine just being the lecherous motherfucker talking about Ty Conti's ass. But this match was so good, it made me forget how much I liked her ass. <laughs> Professor, 
Well, while you, while you, Chris, talk about the purity of the wrestling match, I'm going to just talk about the purity of Ty Conti's ass. It was a beautiful <laughs> ass. It was a beautiful <laughs> ass. You know, I saw stars when I looked at that ass. I looked, I jumped up, you know, I looked up from time to time. I drooled a little bit. Uh, you know, I got the hand lotion. No, actually, it was actually, it, it was, it was a great match. And you know what? The, the, as I said, how FTR can bring balance into the tag team division, Serena Deeb brings balance to an unbalanced AEW women's division because she can have a match with a broomstick and it will be a great match. You could put a wig on the broomstick. That's how good Serena Deeb is. And that's how good these matches are. You know, at this time slot for AEW, people probably are changing it to NXT. People probably changing it to watch Hannity or or whatever, you know, to see what, what's going on with Donald to 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 go, what's going on with Donald Trump. But Serena Deeb offers a great, you know, segue with this segment. I mean, again, I can't say no no more, Jimmy. This was a good match. Again, Serena D brings balance into the force that is the AEW Women's Division. I totally agree with the both of you guys, but I just want to say one thing. Other than Taya Conti's ass, right? And yes, that's a fine ass, mind you. I just want to say, what? yeah, I just want to say, does that NWA Women's belt look like a damn toy belt or what? Seriously. I mean... God damn it. Like, can't they? Doesn't, uh, what's his name have, I know NWA is going. Billy Corgan. Billy Corgan, right? I know NWA is going to the shitter, it seems, right? Uh, Well, I hope it doesn't, but I don't know what's going on with that company. But seriously, upgrade that damn belt. To to, to be fair, to be fair, like I would say (laughs) on the PWR podcast with my man Tommy Wonder, you have to remember Billy Corgan is trying with that with that belt design. I know it doesn't, you know, compare with AEWs, but he's going with the tradition, the the 30s, the 40s, the tradition of professional wrestling. I know you don't like that design, Jimmy. I'm not going to I'm not trying to sway you to like it. I just understand where he's coming from in trying to build it. It's like the 10 pounds of gold. You're trying to build the you're trying to bring back the tradition of wrestling. I've got no problem with the 10 pounds of gold. That looks great. It always has looked great. But but that women's title, man, uh, it looks fake almost to me, man. I, I don't know. It just Anyway, like I said, Ty Conti's ass was, was, the, was the highlight of the night. And, that's, and Serena Deeb is the best worker, women's worker in that company. I mean, it is what it is. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Chris? Yeah, no, I mean, look, I'm not like a belt guy. I know there's lots of people who get really into like which belt. And I know like, uh, you know, I I like the belts that I kind of grew up with. Um, You know, I I like the winged eagle belt, the the one that Brett, you know, held. I like I like Stone Cold's big circular belt. Um, The 10 pounds of gold. Fantastic. Uh, There's a few that really stand out. This belt is ugly as shit. But um, the, to me, what what I care about with a title is what what it means or what it appears to mean. And I will say that uh, Serena Deeb is also subtle in her work with that belt because when she's defending it, you see her stand up on the second rope, remove the belt, 
and kiss it before she gives it to the ref. She does the now. Up. That's a small thing, but to me, that that means something. It makes it seem like she cares about that belt, which makes me care about the belt. Even though when I do get a look at it, I'm like, God, that is a fucking ugly belt. And what's sad about it is that that belt is actually more over, in my opinion, than that AEW women's title. Am I wrong in saying that? No, no I think it's better. Either. Yeah, well, as ugly as the belt is, it's it's more over, like I said. So, but yeah, let's move on anyway. All right, so we're moving on. We're going to get to the main event. The main event tonight is Brian Cage versus Meth Sting for the TNT Championship. Can I say something, Chris, before you continue? Did I not say this last week that you can kiss Brian Cage's career goodbye because we knew exactly who was going to go over? (laughs) Exactly. I'm going to have to agree with you two guys. Kiss his friggin' B12 ass goodbye, man, because he's done. Done and dusted. That's it. Wait, wait. No, wait, Chris. Let me let me interrupt. We you don't even have to say what happened in this match. Once Jimmy said what he said, let, let's just let's get to the ending because the one thing that Brian Cage was trying to do in this match is try to you know throw Mets thing and treat him like a lawn dart. Okay, so what? You 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 establish how strong you are. You establish Brian Cage is a monster, but yet. Again, what he was coming into this organization with all the fanfare and winning the Battle Royal to now what he is right now, holding a prop belt. And yes, Taz, he's holding a prop belt that he can't make any prestigious. He can't make it any more prestigious. You dropped the ball. He dropped the ball. And for the third, I mean, I, I lost how many weeks in a row, but all we get is Sting and Darby looking at each other like uh, I'm looking at Tinder girls profiles. You know, I'm just <laughs> looking. I'm just looking at you. I want you, but I'm looking at you, but I haven't said nothing. Again, Chris, I mean, you want to talk about the boost of what you like here, but there's really nothing to explain because Brian Cage lost the match. It was predictable that he was going to lose the match. And yet, it's all about Sting and Darby looking at each other like they're looking at Tinder profiles. They swipe right, but they don't know what else to do. They, they haven't chatted yet. That's the problem. Go for it, Chris. Yeah, this, so this, this is way worse than just the booking of one guy went over and the other guy went under. Uh, Brian Cage couldn't get a two count in this fucking match. Um which is bad enough. You're killing this fucking guy. You can't even get a two count. You can't even get a fucking near fall. Um, and yeah, I mean, this whole thing where Sting and, and Darby keep staring at each other. It's like when the, the hot girl who has nothing in her profile talks to you on Tinder and says, so why did you swipe right? Why the fuck do you think there's nothing on your goddamn profile? Uh, you're hot. That's fucking it. That's the only fucking reason I could have possibly fucking swiped. Anyway, I'm not exactly sure if Crow Sting and Meth Sting are going to try to fuck or fight or be best (laughs) friends, but whatever the fuck it is, they need to do something already because it's really fucking stupid. The commentary on this match was egregiously overselling. I can't believe that fucking JR allowed himself to do this because 
honestly, I was listening to it and just thinking, honestly, Jim, you're better than this. You are better than this crap. Because it was the commentary was bad. The fucking booking was awful. It it went so far beyond just who won and who lost. You, you know, you could at least try to keep Brian Cage looking like he could come back from it. He couldn't get any more than a fucking one count against goddamn meth sting with a 102 pound fucking weight advantage. Brian cage is fucked to me. You cannot bring that guy back in AEW. There is nothing that you can do to bring him back short of maybe having him literally murder fucking sting next week, because I literally don't know how you bring that guy back from this. This was awful. This whole fucking thing with mess sting and crow, crow sting and fucking surfer sting and all the other fucking stings all having a big fucking fuck fest. They need to do something with it already because it's just turning into complete fucking nonsense. Fuck this match. Fuck the ending. It's sting. Oh, fuck. That's the, that's the only salvation. It's sting. That's it. But other than that, it, it, it's it, Chris. You you hit the nail on the head. You know the Tinder profiles, uh, eHarmony. I don't care what you call it, but it's just stop looking at each other and say what you want. You want to rape him in the ass? Rape him in the ass. I don't know. I'm just I'm just saying here. Give me some some context here. Just stop looking at each other. If you're gonna look at each other, do some sign language. You gotta do, you gotta do more than that. And this is the problem here. Now, number one, I'll, I'll end it with this, guys. We know the priority in, in Team Taz is Ricky Starks. He's overshadowed everybody within that. Against Powerhouse Ice Train is still <laughs> a work in progress. But Brian Cage is even lower than Powerhouse, Powerhouse and even lower than Taz's son on the hierarchy of Team Taz. And that is pitiful. Ricky Starks is going to be the TNT champion. I'm calling it right now within a couple of, you know, in the, again, I said that these are top three contenders for for Darby Allen to do this. Ricky Starks will take the TNT title, and then Meth Sting and Crow Sting will look at each other and say, what did you do? You didn't help me out here. Someone's going to say something. It was your fault. It's your fault. No, it's your fault. Then they'll talk. <laughs> I said it. it. He's done, dusted, kissed. This motherfucker goodbye. And as far as uh, Tinder's and uh, eHarmony goes, if they're not going to hurry up and fuck by now, then get the fuck off my TV, all right? Jeez. I don't know what's going on with, with Sting, Mess Sting, the Surface Sting, Pro Sting, the Little Stingers, if they're going to make Little Stingers. I don't know. But whatever the case it stinks it's, all right this is this is hustler stink because he hustled a money mark to get a big <laughs> fat paycheck and i ain't knocking his hustle neither am i i'm hey. not knocking it he got a great paycheck just to look at somebody weekly <laughs> let's think about that love's in the air boys that's all i know and it's and it's definitely going cha-ching obviously sting will uh sell his booty for some money <laughs> i mean hey like, like the professor said, man, I'm all for the hustle. Hey, at 61 years old, if I'm getting seven figures, I ain't complaining. I'll stare into anyone's eyes. You know what I mean? It is what it is. <laughs> That's a great quote. That's a great quote right there. <laughs> it is what it is. But anyway, Chris, is there anything else to say about this, man? I don't think so. This was a, like, look, 
this was another thing, you know, another AEW show where like you, you, there's things on it that you absolutely love, you know, and, you know, Ty Conti's ass, uh, the match that she had secondarily, um, you know, there's a few other things on this show that weren't completely terrible, but there were some things on this show that were, that were like, the word is egregious, like, fucking Marco stunt getting as much goddamn offense as he did against FTR. No, no man. What the fuck are you thinking? Even if your point is to try to, even if you really want to push Marco stunt, have him get sympathy. That's how you get faces over. Fuck man. And then this, this main event was just my God, man, everybody involved. It was over. It was oversold by commentary. They, they were literally talking after the first four minutes about, well, you know, it's just a matter of whether or not uh, Darby Allen can survive the, the, uh, the commercial break. JR, don't do that. Don't like you are better than that. This is some shit that I'd expect to hear from, you know, the fucking guys on impact. I, this, it was bad. It was bad all around every. Everybody dropped the fucking ball. The only people here who did anything worthwhile is maybe Meth Sting, who sold his ass off for most of the match. You know, he's good he in the ring in terms of in terms of he, he sells and he gets that he needs to use his body for his offense. And you know, Brian Cage looked great, but the fact that you agreed to do this match and not just that you agreed to lose that's, you know, that's part of wrestling sometimes, but the fact that you agreed to do this match and look that week, you could only get a one count out of somebody who you outweighed by 102 pounds. Wow, dude. Wow. Look, before we end this, right. I just want to say, if I looked the way I looked, I mean, if I looked the way Brian Cage looked, I would so not agree to half this shit. Because I would know my worth. I would know WB would fucking want to come and see, you know, sign my ass looking like that. I mean, come on, man. He's done. That's it. He's done in Dustin. It's no one else's fault but himself. Forget him. No more Brian Cage. I mean, does a guy ever get any wins? I mean, he's had, what, one, two wins since he signed? Get the fuck out of here. Remember, he's the FTW heavyweight champion. I mean, you can put some respect on that belt. Put some respect on that name of my Brian bad, Cage. My bad. <laughs> I just want to say, wasn't that, that FTR belt wasn't even over back in the 90s, all right? Jesus, not even in ECW, right? This is not fuck the world title belt, right? This is for the win belt. Unfortunately for Brian Cage, he ain't getting no wins. So take your little FTR belt, I mean FTW belt, and get it on the fuck out of here because it's trash. I don't even know why they brought that out of the trash in the first place. It was nothing in ECW. It's nothing in AEW. And Brian Cage has done absolutely nothing for that belt and vice versa. That's it. Even Taz can't get him over. I'm done. You can sign all your friends all you want, but if you have no direction and no purpose in any organization, it doesn't matter. So... While a lot of people wanting certain people in WWE to come to AEW, that doesn't mean that you're going to have great matches and great storylines here in AEW. Right, exactly. Prime example, Brian Cage left Impact Wrestling. He left high storylines. He was a former world champion. He was taken seriously. Comes to AEW, gets 
jobbed out by John Moxley and then <laughs> goes nowhere with Taz. So what a company, man. AEW, man. Mm -hmm. Great company. Well done, TK, you knob jockey. Jesus. Knob jockey? Oh my god, that's, he that's likes, really personal. That's really likes, personal. He likes riding knobs. You know what I mean? But <laughs> but but anyway, Chris. Oh, before we go though, please. Uh, Professor, get your stuff in, man. You can follow me on the Twitter at PWHustleProf. That's PWHustleProf. I, I uh, turned it around for all the Mark Tards out there. So if you want to find me, just reverse the words. But anyway, <laughs> you can always find me on the PWHustle Networks at Podbeam.com, where I host the Pro Wrestling Reflection Podcast with myself and the Tommy Wonder. Great episode, by the way. Thank you. And thank you for having me back on the PwC. You're more than welcome and sorry for the for the delays, man. But Chris, any parting words you want to say? Uh, no, just great to have Professor on as always. I mean, you know, a real knowledgeable individual in terms of the world, the world of professional wrestling and also somebody who, like us, is not afraid to just say it how it is and say, hey, you know what? This was a bad fucking show and this was. was a bad fucking show. Feel free to follow me on uh, Twitter. It's Ams1Ams. That's my last name. So A-M-B-S, like bullshit in the morning or lambs with Noel. See, I'm going to keep fucking repeating it until you guys get it. Uh, Ams1Ams uh, on Twitter. Uh, I still don't know how to tweet, so you'll be following me for pretty much nothing at this point, but I'm learning. And uh, if you want to follow me on Facebook, it's Christopher Ams. Just uh, look for the beautiful red bearded face and uh that's it and i just want to say please like and subscribe rational rage network.podbean.com and we've got some upcoming surprises coming on the network so stay tuned for that otherwise you can also email us at pwc uh dash show there's a show or podcast i can't even remember but anyway pwc dash podcast at outlook.com did I get it right this time, Chris? I think you got it right, yep. I think I did. And you can follow us at, at PWC underscore show on Twitter and just look up PWC on Facebook. You'll find us. That's about it, man. I think that was a great show. And Professor, thank you once again for joining us, man. And, and I'm sorry for the delays. That won't happen again. My computer was playing up, so, you know. <laughs> You know, I, I think it was Tony Khan trying to, you know, infiltrate the the feed here. So I blame him. I don't blame, and I blame him. I blame him and Zoom. Yeah, and Zoom, you can get fucked, all right, with with the amount of money that you're asking for. So we don't have to go through this bullshit. Seriously, get fucked, Zoom, all right. But anyway, I think that's it, Chris. I think we should end it right there, Chavello. I think we're all done. And thank you for joining us on the skirmish. Over and out. Peace.
my favorite dollar. Don't want you man, you could keep him. I need Chris to take it. You a bad bitch when I see one. So Riri, I need a threesome. I'm his favorite type of chick. Bougie, bad and thick. I could buy designer, but this fashion over fit. Oh, that ain't, that Church, ooh, uh, only Bergen, not doing in Burke. Ooh, Bergen bad, fuck a tag. Fuck me and she fuck me bad. Whispered in the ear, you got these bitches beat, they running laps. Know you something special, you figured it out, you from the trap. Step out when that dress showing out ass, and it's a fucking rap. That ace, 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 she bad, 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 Gucci bad, Gucci bad, Gucci bad. Fanny bag, powder bag, Louis bag, Gucci bag, Gucci bag, Burger bag, Shannon bag, she drip, she swag, never mad, she glad, Louis bag, Shannon bag, she 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 bag. Everybody, please give it up for the American nightmare, Cody Rhodes. Contractual obligations are being held. We got the pyro. All right, I'm burning. I'm burning. Innovation, ace, keep acing. Getting the ring in your time, you'll be wasting. Face it, don't think you can slam me. Western has more than one boy in family. Oh, Cody. Hey, congratulations on the announcement of your baby. We're so excited, and we know that kid's gonna have an action figure way before I do, but who's counting, right? I'm kidding. I'm, come on, no fake friends, just fake teeth. <laughs> Cody, Cody. Okay, let's talk about huge year for you. Go big show, baby on the way. Let's talk about it. Wait, before we talk about it, I have another huge surprise that slipped my mind. I just thought of it right now. I have another huge surprise guest, and we're all gonna be super excited, guys. Huge round of applause for Jay Cargill! Yes! Do you always wear this in the dental office? I'm a badass bitch. I wear whatever I want. Thank you, badass Come on in. She does it. I don't. Nobody gives a damn if Brandy is pregnant. Not here for nine months, ladies and gentlemen. Nine months, no Brandy. And not to sound corny, you did her a huge favor. But Shaq and I, 
We are tired of waiting. Where is my damn opponent? Brandy should be watching me. I am a badass mom. And if she ever returns, I'm gonna beat that ass. Oh! Oh! This girl here. Wait, let me get down to your level. It's Red Velvet, who was attacked by Jade a few weeks ago.
listening to the Rational Rage.